a note about this book. There's an old good story, perhaps apocryphal, involving the British novelist and playwright W. Somerset Maugham. A writer friend told Maugham that he was having difficulty choosing a title for his just-completed book. Are there drums in it? Maugham asked. No, the friend replies. Are there trumpets? No, not those either. Then call it No Drums, No Trumpets. In describing this book, it seems also relevant, given the history and suggestion of the general subject matter, to first describe some of the things that this book is not. It is not about football at a high school in rural Texas, where the Friday night outcome can determine an entire town's mental well-being. It's not about a high school football factory that recruits players of superior talent and thwacks them into shape and mints them for use by Division I colleges and the NFL. Nor in this book did a tornado or earthquake or flood or other natural disaster devastate a team and town before folks and athletes rallied together in a stirring revival. This book is about a high school football team in a fairly ordinary suburban town. A big suburb where football is valued but not revered. A suburb with a gulf between the haves and have-nots. A suburb of great diversity of many races and many abilities and many circumstances. This is a school and a football team populated by lives that can represent notions that every one of us might relate to, that we all understand, and a team that, in its own particular and ordinary ways, can say something large. Another thing to note, this book takes place in the summer and autumn of 2014, a time unlike any other in the game and institution of football. The most critical and portentous months, riddled as they were with news and revelation that the sport had yet known. Football had never, it seemed, had more far-reaching appeal, had never enticed more fans. And yet at the same time, football had never been under greater attack, never more subject to judgment, even revulsion. These were months when the extraordinary prevalence and troubling consequences of head trauma in the game were part of many, many conversations. When prominent football players, one after another after another, were arrested for domestic violence. When the dip in youth participation in the game, begun a few years before, began to raise true alarm. And these were months when even as college and pro football drew more viewers than ever before, and millions of fans signed up to play in NFL fantasy leagues, a series of deaths in the high school game caused the full foundation of football to tremble. Once, and not so long ago, the idea of suggesting that football be abolished was seen as radical, way out on the edge of reason. But at times, during those baleful months of 2014, and then beyond, if you were in certain wine-sipping circles, and you were reading certain high-culture magazines, the really radical thing to do was to stand in support of football, to defend the game and to say, let them play. In whatever ways football evolves and devolves over the decades ahead, 
Whether it survives and thrives, or whether it faints and founders, it may well be that when we look back across the many years to see when things started to change, when football was able to strengthen its empire, or began irrevocably to erode, we will say with a historian's wisdom that the tipping point of everything came then, in the summer and autumn of 2014.